Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. In terms of playing style, Brighton and Hove Albion have more in common with Manchester City than you might think. John Muller is here to dive into why that is. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, February 21st. But first, as usual, it's your TV guide for today, and all times are Eastern as always. Uh, it starts in Serie A at 1 p.m., Cagliari versus Napoli, that's on Paramount+, Plus, and at 3 p.m., Bologna take on Spezia, that's also on Paramount+. Plus. There's also an interesting game in La Liga at 3 p.m., Celta Vigo versus Levante, that game is on ESPN+. Plus. That's pretty much it for today. Let's send it over to John Muller. Okay, it is Monday, which means that John Muller is here with me, and we're going to talk about an interesting analytical article or issue or thing, whatever is sort of catching John's interest these days. And we spoke a little bit before uh, starting this episode, and John, what you said to me is that you're working on a piece about how a small club can play like a big club, meaning stylistically, and in theory, also in terms of results. Um, and to, and, and to make this sort of point as, as your sort of example for this, you chose Brighton and Hove Albion, which I thought was a very interesting choice. Why them? And why did they sort of raise this question for you? I mean, Brighton is like the theoretically great team, right? Who's, who's never quite great, but like they, man, so, so many ways in the data, they look like a top team and it's totally fascinating. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about uh, the five kingdoms of football, which was this big data project to sort every team by style. And Brighton was one of those teams that like showed up, you know, very close to your Manchester cities, your, you know, uh, PSGs, your AC Milan's like, like, you know, up up there with much bigger, wealthier clubs who play in a way that's usually reserved for big, wealthy clubs. Uh, But Brighton, stylistically manages to play that kind of sort of high possession, high pressing, like, uh, you know, sort of modern positional play. And like normally to play that at a high level, you need expensive players. And Brighton doesn't have that. You know, they have a coach who everyone admires and Graham Potter. But for me, what I'm curious about is if you're a small club like Brighton is relative to their peers and you've got a great coach, like what does that great coaching consist of? What, what is he teaching your guys to do? that all these other small clubs, you know, theoretically could be doing as well. And so that's what I'm trying to look into with video and data right now. So to accomplish this goal, I would imagine that you have watched just an obscene amount of tape and, <laughs> and so uh, footage, uh, footage of Brighton, Brighton's games, uh, in addition to studying all sorts of data and, and the sorts of things that you do. What have you found initially uh, on your first pass through uh, Brighton that 
you know you think might explain help explain some of this yeah so it's it's relatively easy to show you know numbers that say look brighton looks like top teams in this way or that way kind of at a high level uh, but i was more interested in the mechanics of it and i think that to do analytics about like the mechanics of how a team plays you really have to watch them play first and so what i did was i grabbed every game that brighton's played against the top six or so teams in the premier league and i cut a whole bunch of video of their possessions i looked for patterns i looked for interesting things that i thought I might be able to measure. And I came up with a list of like certain things that to me looked distinctive and I'm going to go dig around in the data. I'm working on that right now and, and kind of seeing whether Brighton really pops in these ways. But it's things like the way that Brighton circulates the ball after they win possession, especially in the middle third, they're very confident going backwards before they go forwards in a way that most teams that aren't, you know, sort of a Manchester City don't. And even a lot of top teams like Liverpool won't do, you know, they, they want to play a field position game. Brighton plays yeah. a very circulation oriented game, right? And part of, part of, I think, why they're so confident doing that is that they use their goalkeeper in possession far more than most teams, uh, more than, you know, almost any team in the Premier League, really. Uh, Sanchez at, at Brighton is very good with his feet. He'll bump up onto the center back line and essentially play as a third center back, which gives them a really unique possession structure. Uh, so I'm interested in measuring kind of ways that that's been useful for them and whether there are other teams that that uh, do that effectively. Uh, I'm also interested in the way that Brighton counterpresses very, very aggressively. And I think that that's sort of a new feature that they've been uh, getting better at this year. Um, so they, they already, you know, had a pretty good possession game last year, but this year they've also added kind of a better pressing game. And so, you know, they, they get trapped in the back a lot, right? When you circulate like Brighton does, you'll get trapped in the back. And you'll have to boot it long up the wing every now and then. And they do, uh, especially in these games against top teams that I'm watching. But when they do that, they're all streaming up there. They're winning the ball back very quickly, uh, better than almost anyone except, like, I think City and, and Liverpool. They're, they kind of press very, very well. So it's, it's aspects like that. And if I can show that Brighton is distinctive in these ways, then the next question is, why isn't everybody doing this, right? If a small club can play really good soccer, why isn't your small club doing these things? And to me, that's really This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Do you have any sort of initial answers either on that point that you just made? Why don't why doesn't every small club do this? And also, frankly, about results, because I think that, you know, maybe part of the reason smaller clubs don't do this is because uh, maybe they've tried or maybe they just see that in cases like Brighton, it's, you know, we don't talk about Brighton in the same breadth as we do man city or liverpool maybe we they're should not at, they're, <laughs> maybe we should but they're not at the same level in terms of results uh they're, they're you know, not they're, they're they're not they're not challenging for a top four spot that's, in that's the right. Premier league. 
Uh, and, uh, so and, what do you think that comes down to uh, based on sort of your initial look into this? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of like trying to avoid that question uh, for this piece because <laughs> okay. when, it, when it comes down to for Brighton, uh, like their defense is, is actually very good uh, yeah. in, in like an objective way. Their, their attack is not good, even though they're very, very good at putting the ball, uh, at keeping the ball in the final third, at keeping it away from their own goal. They're very good at getting it into the penalty box but they can't turn that into chances. And I suspect that that really just comes down to quality. And it may be that sure. you, like at some point you do need expensive players. You know, there's that famous Pep Guardiola quote where he's like, you know, I'll, I'll do all the stuff to get you into the final third. And after that, it's up to you. And I don't think that's entirely true. Like obviously city is very well drilled that they're attacking patterns in the final third and maybe Brighton could do more there. But I, I do think that like coaching mostly happens in like, can you structure your team well? Can you build up well? You know, can you do good, uh, good pressing patterns after you lose the ball? And when you're trying to create chances, especially against top teams, yeah, maybe, maybe you just need better players. It turns out better players count for a lot. They, they sure in, do. In, that, that's in it, though. That said, like Brighton is still like punching well above their weight, right? You know, they've got, uh, I think, a dead even goal difference right now. I think they're somewhere around ninth in the Premier League. Yep. Uh, you know, these, these are much better numbers than their payroll would suggest that they should be putting up. And even that is probably less than they're capable of doing. And they've gotten much better since last season, uh, much better since before Graham Potter. And so I'm, I'm interested to see their continued improvement as a team. Uh, it should also be said that their sister team, I don't know if you can call them a sister <laughs> team, but they are owned by Tony Bloom. The same person also owns, uh, the team that I went off on a fantastic rant about on Friday, Union saint is my new favorite team from Belgium, current leaders of the French of the Belgian uh, league. I don't know how they've done this past weekend because we're recording this on Friday before they've ever played. But I like to think that they're carrying a little bit of that Brighton magic with them, but in Belgium and also not playing the same way at all, according to the initial numbers that we're looking at. Yeah, on it FB doesn't Brighton. look like they play like Brighton, but I mean, yeah, they're, they're definitely punching up their way. This was news to me, by the way. I did not know that uh, a tiny <laughs> newly promoted team was crushing the Belgian league, but uh, I'm super curious to watch them now. Yeah, uh, well, we'll look into it uh, maybe on a, maybe in a future episode. But for now, we have a whole week uh, of soccer ahead of us, including another set of round of 16 games in the Champions League. And I'm curious which of these games, uh, which of these matchups you think might be the most entertaining. It really felt like we expended our our clip of like super big time, uh, major, crazy, super entertaining games last week. Uh, not to say that this week's games will be terrible because it's still the Champions League, but not quite the same amount of intrigue. But I'm curious sort of what, what you think as you look at these fixtures, John. I think I'll probably be paying the most attention to Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United. Uh, both of those teams, you know, kind of are narratively interesting this season. United yeah. trying to rebuild under Ralph Rangnick, like we've talked about. Atletico Madrid, you know, fresh off of winning La Liga last year is now kind of crumbling. It seems like they're they're in midseason collapse right now, which is rare for a Diego Simeone team. And it's especially rare because a lot of their collapse seems to be Jan Oblak has forgotten how to stop shots, which is just shocking, right? The best goalkeeper in the world uh, has, has had a really terrible season. Um, so uh, to, to me, I, I don't think that either of those teams is going to be a serious contender for this league's, this year's Champions League trophy. But in terms yeah. of, you know, what's going on with these teams that should be good, but aren't, and will they be good again uh, by the end of the season? That's a fun game to watch. Yeah. 
certainly. Uh, that game is at 3 p.m. on Wednesday on Big CBS. I love having these these uh, games available on over-the-air TV uh, in the United States in the middle of the day. Uh, pretty cool development here. Uh, John, thank you so much, as always, for joining us on a Monday, and we'll talk to you a little bit later, uh, either this week or next. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Thanks. quick note before we go, I'm going to be off for the next few days, but I'm leaving the show in the very capable hands of Matt Pence and Jeff Reuter. So don't be too surprised when you hear their voices instead of mine on the main segments of the show. This show, by the way, is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic. And how do you subscribe? It's pretty easy. You can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.